You're listening to 99.1 SHAP Radio, KLCTLP, Lubbock, Texas, Lubbock Christian University's student-run station and home of Chaparral and Lady Shap Athletics. Thank you for listening, whether it's live on 99.1 FM, online at shapradio.com, or later on the LCU podcast. I'm Nathan Carcino, and you're tuned in to another episode of the LCU Coaches Show, featuring the leaders of our men's and women's basketball programs here at LCU. Joining me to begin is head coach of the Lady Shaps, Steve Gomez, and assistant coach Vic Self. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me this week. Appreciate it, Nathan. It's great to always visit with you, and uh, I know you're a busy man with school and track, and uh, we appreciate you promoting our programs. Absolutely. It's a big week coming up for the Lady Shaps, and we'll get into that a little bit. But uh, looking at last week, it was another 2-0 and week for LCU as they celebrated homecoming, defeating St. Edwards on Thursday, 55-29, and then winning on Saturday as well, defeating St. Mary's 60-46 to at the rip. What are some of your initial thoughts from the performances this past weekend? You know, we really had a lot of good quarters. I think maybe Seven of the eight quarters were pretty high quality. Uh, but, you know, Thursday night game, uh, always a tough matchup just because they have some individuals that can really create. I thought our girls did a good job. That was Coach Self's scouting team that week, so he may have some things he wants to say as well about that. And uh, But we defended the individuals well, didn't let their players uh, do what they could do, and so it made it a little difficult on them. So our defense was good, and, and I thought we played together well this weekend. It was a solid uh, two games as we try to grow into this end-of-season, postseason time of the year. Speaking of those two teams and of scouting, it was the first time that the Lady Shafts met both St. Edwards and St. Mary's. So, Coach Self, when you're going through a scouting process throughout a week like that against teams you haven't met yet, what are some of the things you're looking forward to most, and how did you think the ladies translated that on Thursday and on Saturday? Well, first of all, I, I'm really proud of our girls. I thought they really uh, bought into the, the scouting report They, uh, from the top to the bottom. Even our bench players, when they got in there the last few minutes, they really were following our scouting report. And so uh, a big credit to them. really appreciate that. But really when you go into it, uh, you know, we're looking at their tendencies, kind of what they like to do. If they like to drive right, drive left, you know, uh, which shoulder they turn on the block when they try to post up. Are they good in transition? You know, we, we go by their uh, – Three-point field goal percentage, you know, are they a good shooter? Are they kind of limited in that area? Coach does a great job of, of watching so much. He, he watches so much film. Uh, he'd probably be a good Hollywood movie director sometime. He watches so much <laughs> film. but but uh, and, and he gets their tendencies, and we, we try to figure out what they like to do and try to take that away from them. And so, uh, you know, against St. Edwards, we really did a good job. In fact, their two leading scorers, uh, the second leading scorer had, had one basket, their leading score didn't have any points. So our girls really did a terrific job that night. That puts LCU atop the West Division with a 20-8 and overall record, 15-5 and in conference play, and winners of five straight. Since that loss at home to ASU on the third, what have you seen as some of the biggest improvements during this stretch recently? You know, I do. I think it is, and he mentioned the girls buying into every, the, every little thing. It's been a great unified team all year long, just tremendous uh, chemistry relationship but lately I think they've taken the littler things I think a lot of them are even watching more video on their own we're hearing comments that they're making of what they've seen and so uh, that's helping us progress little by little we knew it was going to be a, a, a growing process this year a lot of kids with not a lot of experience but they've taken even some of their tough experiences and they're not making the same mistakes twice so that's been a very positive thing for us over these past you know three or four weeks even since the semester began uh, we're sort of hitting a pretty consistent stride, 
and we're defending with some intentionality. I think that's been helpful of players defending the way we're trying to defend each team. And so that's helped us to be consistent on that end. And then when the shots fall, the game gets easier. Uh, and if they don't, if you defend well, you still have a chance. The defense, of course, on Thursday was incredible. It was the lowest opponent point total since the 2007-2008 season for a game. What impressed you the most in that game in particular? You mentioned uh, holding some of the top leading scorers to practically no points. Um, so what impressed you the most in that performance on Thursday? Well, I just think our kids were really locked in. So any type of offensive set that they tried to run, we, we were right on it and, and took away the options that they like to, to do normally. And like I mentioned before, really our, our entire team had bought into the scouting port. Uh, sometimes late stages of the game, you get some playing time for some kids and, and you're not so sure that they understand really what we're trying to accomplish. But I thought the other night that they really did an outstanding job of, of taking away their strengths and, uh, you know, making them do something that they don't want to do. Coach talks about that. You know, we don't want to let them do what, what they like to do. And so I think the girls understand, hey, hey, if we do that, it makes things a lot easier on us. Two back-to-back three-pointers from Grace Foster to end that second quarter and really get some momentum going into halftime, and then it was smooth sailing from there. And she finished with 15 points, 10 rebounds for her 10th double-double of the year. We've mentioned it before on the show how she was here last year, but not as much playing time, of course, as this season. So in her sophomore year, how do you think she's began to understand her role as that number one option, especially at this point in the season? Yeah, she's accepted that, and it's not easy to go into every game knowing teams are going to either double team you or they're going to body you up everywhere. And so her opportunities are not coming easy. I mean, everything is having to be worked for. But her versatility, like, and you were exactly right, those two three-point shots in that game going into halftime really were the two plays of the game because we were in a struggle, weren't scoring well, and she sort of gave us some separation and it caused everything else to go well. But, you know, her, her ability to shoot the three, which causes some of the bigger players to have to guard her out on the perimeter, which can be difficult. And then her ability to score around the basket with both hands. And her physicality has gotten better. I, you know, I think coming in as a freshman, that was a little bit of a change from high school basketball to the to the beating she's taking around the basket and giving. I mean, she's not just accepting it. She's, taking, she's giving it too. But that physicality for her and her ability to stay mentally level – in spite of that beating, has really been a great maturation process. Now turning ahead to Saturday's win over the Lady Rattlers, it was an impressive performance from St. Mary's despite what their record might suggest, but it was a 22-2 Lady Shap run in the second half to lead to the win. What clicked on the offensive and defensive ends to kick start that late run? You know, I just felt like we had defended the first quarter very well. The second quarter... Uh, we give 22 points in a second quarter, and in an eight in a 10 minute stretch, that is just not acceptable. I mean, we didn't defend well, we didn't rebound well, uh, but some of that was even offensive issues where we weren't executing well. So I think there was just a click, uh, a turning of the screws a little at halftime in their own decisions to we're going to play better. You could even see in that third quarter there was just a determination that we were not going to allow you know us to have bad possessions on the defensive end. So they did score some in the second half, but it seemed a lot more difficult. And then obviously when the, we had a few runs of buckets made, good plays made, uh, Macy did a great job handling the pressure, and our teammates found each other when they were open. And finally we made shots the third and fourth quarter. And I'd like to add, 
you know, Coach was always so humble, but he really did a great job of calling some backdoor plays. If you recall, we, we got them on backdoor layups a number of times, and that helped things, uh, you know, make it easier for us. And, you know, Grace Foster had, had seven assists in that game, and a lot of she was, you know, making those those passes. So, you know, he did a great job of getting some backdoor layups, and we got some back buckets, and I think our kids started relaxing, and then we started playing a lot better. Absolutely. You mentioned the facilitating of Foster, and she was, I mean, three assists away from a triple-double in that one. And we mentioned her offensive kind of projection uh, as her career has gone on so far, but how much potential do you believe she has as that kind of Nikola Jokic type in the mid-post where she can facilitate as well as get her own bucket? Oh, I, I think she's got great potential to do that. She's getting better all the time. Like Coach has said, she's really matured this sophomore year, but she's only a sophomore, and she's been double teamed, and, and you can just tell through the progression of the season that she handles the double teams a lot better, and she's seeing the floor, and she's an unselfish player, you know. Uh, sometimes we like her to be a little bit unselfish, to be more <laughs> selfish because she's, she's so good but she's really finding open teammates and and coach and and, and coach Wilson coach Pacheco have done a good job with their post of making them dive to the basket and she's been able to see the post and if they take that, that post pass away then she's kicking it out to her guard so really just growing as a player and and uh, you know I think the sky's the limit for her. Coach, you mentioned the fourth quarter, five offensive rebounds in that quarter alone on Saturday. Um, rebounding has been a big area for improvement as the year has gone on. Um, how much of last week's practices kind of revolved around rebounding, and then how impactful was that performance? Well, you know, it sort of goes back to the week before. The Eastern New Mexico game, we knew we were going to have to really hit the boards, rebound both ends of the floor, but to, and to be able to out-rebound that team on that previous Saturday – Sort of gave us a little, maybe a little, a little pop, a little swagger, uh, but that's that's been good this year. You know, we've had years where we haven't rebounded very well, and even this year at times we might have been concerned with some smaller guards. You know, with Macy Shaley aren't as long as some of our guards in the past, but but we've just had a great aggression around the basket with Grace getting a lot of boards, Audrey Robertson really flying in, Shaley blocks out really well. You know, Marty's given us some some good minutes on the boards, and you know our players off the bench have done a really good job with our our size. So Spurgeon and Reese and Whitney, those kids, we wanted to rebound better this year and we have. And that was an important part on on Saturday. Coach Self, we've talked to Coach Gomez about this before, but being with the program for quite a long time so far, um, there's been some great players made their way through this program, and especially as of late. How have you seen some of the current players we have who have played with some of those successful players of the past kind of learn from them and grow into the veterans that they are in their own right? Yeah, you know, you just look at Macy Maddox that didn't play a whole lot. She started playing a little bit more at the end of the season and did a good job. But she's really uh, played a nice role. You know, she she got to watch from Maddie Joe Turner and then Ali Schulte and learn how those those uh, point guards how they handle things. And then you know she's learned from some of the other players also and just how they conduct themselves on the court. She does a great job of of keeping a you know just level demeanor and doesn't get too high get too low and I think that's important in a point guard she's really matured like that and you know you look at Shady Stovall what a what a kid she she just gives everything she has out there you know you, you look at Laney Burr the year before she played hard but you know Shady plays hard she's our defensive stopper Laney did that and Shady's kind of taking that on her shoulders to to take that role and she's done a nice job with it. 
There's a lot to look forward to, especially coming this week, but for the rest of the careers of the Lady Shafts we have right now, as it's a pretty young team. But as we do turn the page for this week, it is rivalry week here in the Lone Star Conference to close out the season. And one of the big matchups, of course, on the entire schedule is LCU taking on West Texas A&M first on Thursday, the 23rd in Canyon, and then again in Lubbock on Saturday, February 25th. Before we get into the postseason implications that this weekend has to offer can you just talk a little bit about how historic this rivalry is especially in women's basketball you know it's been uh, you know back when we were nai we i think we scrimmaged them one time my second year but you know west texas a&m was a d2 school we were nai and there wasn't a lot of uh, matchup opportunities we just didn't play but then as soon as we joined the d2 and uh, we were in the heartland conference they were in the lone star at that point but we played in the regional tournaments so there was always some some important implications of those games, and we had some opportunities to play here and host it, so that was to our advantage. And then, uh, but then through the years, now we're in the same conference. We've just had some really good battles. It's a high quality program. You know, they get a lot of solid players from West Texas and and around the country. But uh, uh, we've just had some good battles. A similar uh, traditional type team. You know, they've had a lot of tradition. You know, I think we have a good tradition here, and so. But it's a good rivalry, good friends. We've always enjoyed the coaches that are there. It's you know, there's not a adversarial issue with it. It's just a good, solid competition. A lot of our players know their players, and so uh, you know, forty minutes you never know. We've had a lot of close games, and even last year, I mean, we played four times, and every one of them was just a possession or two game, and so that's what we expect to have. We just hope to have fun, play, and uh, make it an honor to the game for those who come to watch it. Last year, it was the Lady Shaps capturing game one of that time playing against the Lady Buffs last season. Um, they did lose the next three, including the regional championship in Canyon. And I know how different both of those teams were a year ago, but are you going to be looking back at any of those games from last year and to try to nitpick at some things for either squad uh, this week as we head into the weekend? You know, I don't know how much we might look at a few things and kind of see what they've done, but it really, it's, it's a new team, and uh, we've got a lot of new kids and a lot of players. And you know, Coach really does a good job of always looking forward. And so we're we're just trying to get better as a team this year and concentrating on this year, and not really looking back at the past what's taking place. And uh, you know, we're, we're just trying to take it one game at a time. That's all you can do right now. And and I know our girls will be focused. It, you know, it's a rivalry. It'll be a fun game. It'll be a good crowd, good atmosphere. And I know our kids will be looking forward to that. But um, I don't know how much the the past is really going to play a part in this because so many of the team, both teams have a lot of new players this year. It's the number uh, conference's number one scoring offense in WT going against the number one scoring defense in LCU. Uh, what has made the Lady Buffs so successful scoring the ball this year? And then how do you think your team can offset that? Yeah, and that's a team that's gone through a lot of transition. The, you know, they've lost a player to injury, a couple players to injury, different people in and out of the lineups, and. Uh, they just have a lot of versatility. They got some big kids, some good size post players. One of them can shoot the three pretty adequately, so it's not just a one-dimensional player. And they've got a lot of guards that, I mean, they can score in multiple ways. They're not just one-dimensional, only can shoot it or only can drive it. And so, you know, when you have versatile players and multiple versatile players, that makes it harder to defend because everybody has to be on guard. <laughs> you can't slough off that player. And so... I think their their balance and their versatility has helped them, and uh, you know they just play with a lot of freedom and shoot shots. And when they go in, obviously they're going to score some points. So, you know, we've got to keep the game 
you know, we don't want a slow game, but we don't want it just come down and we want to execute on offense and make them have to spend some time on on their offensive end. The West Division in the Lone Star Conference is still up for grabs at this point in the final season of the regular season or final weekend of the regular season. Uh, LCU on top with a ten and two division record, just ahead of Angelo State, who is ten and three, and WT sitting third, eight and four in the division for them. Um, how much are you kind of going over these postseason scenarios in or out of practice with the team, and then uh, what are some of your key reminders to? keep them laser focused inside the lines rather than uh, any scenarios outside. Yeah, I'm hoping they're not I'm hoping they're not paying a lot of attention. It's hard to control what everybody is telling them. You know, they can only control what they see and what they uh, concentrate on, but when other people are filling them uh, with with thoughts numbers, that, that's difficult. I, we haven't talked at all about it. I honestly tell this weekend I didn't even really know where the whole conference how it was shaken out. I just know there's a lot of good teams and every game is losable. But we also know every game is winnable, and so what we need to do is, hey, let's go Thursday and let's go win that game, and then we'll see what that puts us for the Saturday game. But uh, yeah, we're not going to spend a lot of time on well, if this happens and then that happens, you know, then this is going to be the result. We just need to take care of our business uh, and not spend a lot of energy on the scenarios. While it's important to know, and I appreciate the people that are aware of that. Uh, but it's not going to change anything. We've got to play. Uh, you win, you'll be fine. Before we sign off, what do you all believe is the biggest factor in how the Lady Shaps will be successful this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a steadiness. I think it's a, a defensive concentration and a rebounding effort that if, if we can, you know, hold our own, win the boards, and then also get to the free throw line, you know, be aggressive enough to get the ball in the paint. You know, the paint points and the free throw attempts and the rebounds, I think that physicality part of the game is probably going to be what turns these games one way or the other. And so we just go, go play our best. If we play our best and don't win, that's fine. But I just don't want to go up there. And we've been playing well lately. We just need to put 40 minutes of everybody's best. This time of the year, you can't afford, you know, three minutes off or one player to have one of those nights where they just don't show up. And so – and that's a mental thing. I don't mean they're – if they're missing good shots, fine, but we need to be there. Kosov, what do you think is the biggest, important, most important factor going into this weekend, especially on Thursday? Yeah, well, I just think the composure. It's going to be a, an atmosphere, an exciting atmosphere, a good crowd, and uh, you know they're going to have a lot of people in the stands. Like coaches preach all year long, just got to stay steady. You know, We can't get high or low. We just got to stay steady. And if you do that for 40 minutes – through the web and flow of the game, ebb and flow of the game, but you're gonna you're gonna come out on top, and so I think if we can do that, you know that'll give us a good chance. LCU will be basketball. Or LCU basketball will be on the floor at the First United Bank Center in Canyon on Thursday, the 23rd. Tip off at 5:30 p.m. for the ladies, but you can catch the Lady Shap pregame show live on 99.1 Shap Radio and on ShapRadio.com starting at 5 p.m. And then the teams will be back at it again on Saturday, the 25th at the Rip Griffin Center. We of course will bring you that on the Shap Radio Sports Network as well on Saturday, gentlemen. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon and best of luck this weekend thank you nathan thank you very much had a good time that was women's basketball head coach steve gomez and assistant coach Vic self coming up next we'll hear from brennan Riker and head coach of the chaparrales todd duncan right here on the lcu coaches show you're listening to the lcu podcast and 99.1 chap radio we're back with the lcu coaches show live on 99.1 chap radio 
and On Demand on the LCU Podcast. I'm Brendan Riker, and I am now joined by head men's basketball coach Todd Duncan. Coach, how are you today? Doing well, Brendan. You doing all right? Yes, sir. I can't complain. And coach, right now your basketball team sits at 18 and 8 overall and 14 and 6 in conference play. At this point in time in the season, is this where you expected the team to be? Well, I think when you reflect on the season, you see uh, some games that you know, you felt like you should have won that maybe you didn't and then there's probably a couple games in there that maybe you won that you maybe shouldn't have. So you just kind of have to take it as it is and and just see how you can get better. Not going to change any results going back. But I would say uh, we had high expectations, even though we had a lot of new faces. And so, you know, if I am fair in my evaluation, we probably have have, have been about where we should be with the team we've had. Um, we just lost some games that were pretty close that we felt like maybe we could have, you know, turned, changed that outcome if we'd done a few things differently. Um, but at the same time, we've uh, put ourselves in a position to kind of control our own destiny here down the stretch. So that's really all you can ask for, and you just got to keep pressing on, looking forward, and trying to get better each day. And I thought our guys did a good job of that um, last week, and we need to do it again this week. Let's Before we look forward to this weekend, let's take a look at this past weekend. It was homecoming at Lubbock Christian University, and you get two wins over the homecoming weekend both teams coming from the East Division. Uh, one of the wins was against St. Edwards, who is still technically speaking at the top of the East Division. Uh, but overall, what did you learn about the team after seeing the way they responded after what happened two weekends ago? Yeah, I just was very uh, pleased with the week that we had in terms of our preparation, our focus. Mentality is a word we use a lot, just how you approach what you do. And really, we feel like how you do anything is going to end up being how you do everything. You're building habits. There's nothing that uh, doesn't matter when you're approaching a team and being a part of a team. Your contribution is important. So individually, collectively, you just have to be, um, you know, all in, giving your best. And I thought our guys did a great job of that. Started last Monday morning. They were up here early working. They they committed to that all week in addition to the, the team stuff we did thought we had great focus because those are two very good teams. And uh, it was a great week for um, our performance, I thought. Other than a few possessions in the game Saturday, our com- our performances were pretty complete. Um, Thursday, probably one of the best performances that we've had this year, um, top to bottom, especially at home. We played really well out in Vegas against uh, West Liberty and LeMoyne. Um, but, you know, we just kind of battled some injuries, some things in the um, rotation that have made it a little – challenging to get everybody in sync and uh hopefully we can get everybody healthy finish the year strong and and make a run in the ncaa tournament looking at the win over st edwards lcu wins this game 82 57 in a game that was close for about five minutes before the chaps took it to the hilltoppers going on a 30 to 12 run to end the first half obviously good shooting is key to start strong was there any other factor that led to that lcu hot start yeah, and I mean, really, the score to me—they're uh, a quick strike team. So we got off to a good, you know, a good start there, and like you said, finished the half strong. Shooting, obviously, uh, a huge part of the game when you're putting points on the board. But I really thought it was just our defense, and I always think defense leads to good offense. Good offense leads to good defense. They're all related. 
Um, I think the shooting is a reflection of the work the guys put in all week and the focus. And I think we did a good job um, shutting down a very high-powered or at least keeping them at bay, um, at arm's length, whatever, um, a very high-powered offensive team. So I think our our shooting energized our defense, our defense energized our shooting. Um, it's all related to me how you perform on both ends of the floor. Four out of five starters finish in double digits in Rowan McKenzie, Russell Harrison, Kurt Wegscheider, Najee Muhammad, and then Aaron Gonzalez finishes one one point short of double digits. What does it mean for your starters to put together an outing like this? Well, it's huge when you're getting that kind of production from the guys you needed to get it from. We kind of expect it from Russell and Rowan, Kurt and Najee Barron. They've just been solid, and uh, you know they're capable of big nights. And when they can all put it together, I think it shows kind of what kind of team we can have from a top to bottom standpoint. And, uh, you know, we've been able to win games with without Rowan and Russ, you know, putting a ton of points on the board. But, you know, we're we're pretty uh, dependent on those guys to to show up and, and give us what they usually give us. And those other guys are great complimentary pieces and in their own right have the ability to to put up big numbers as well. I just think is a connectedness that kind of uh, just focus from from everybody not just one or two guys locked in but really the whole team something that stood out to me looking at the box score from that game was Vito Vujovic who came off the bench played 17 minutes went two for two from the field finished with nine points in this game how critical was Vito coming off the bench in against St. Edwards yeah Vito had a great game he's uh he's continued to get better he's a young man who works very hard um, often after games, he's in there working. Sometimes we return from a road trip. He'll stay up here late into the night to work on his game. Um, Vito was injured right after Thanksgiving and missed about six weeks of practice. He was still on the bench. Being a freshman, he wasn't obviously playing. A lot of people didn't know that he was injured. And and then uh, right around Christmas break, he he got stuck in the snowstorm that kept everybody kind of shut down for a little bit, and uh, so he wasn't here for those practices. So he's just now kind of catching up, so to speak. And so um, we've never – we knew he had the opportunity to be good, um, and then we just uh, thought at the end of the Eastern game he came in, gave us really good minutes, and we just decided we were going to give him a, some more looks and more opportunity, and he's a young man who's taking advantage of it. So I'm, I'm very happy for him, proud of him. He's – He's a guy who can play multiple positions uh, just with his size and his strength and his length, and he's pretty skilled. So um, obviously when you're a freshman, just getting the opportunity, getting the reps is key, and I think he's uh, taking advantage of what he's been given. LC turns around on Saturday and takes down the St. Mary's Rattlers 77-69. to LCU shoots 58.2% from the field and was 10 for 24 from behind the arc. What did you see in this win over St. Mary's? Yeah, and just to go back to the St. Ed's, I thought we had great student support, great fan support. It was a great uh, night um, in the rip, and we're just so thankful. I know oftentimes you ask if there's anything else I'd say, and I always just ask you know, for the students to come support, and, and that was a great thing, and I was so thankful for that, and I know our team is. As far as Saturday, I thought it was a good uh, kind of confirmation of Thursday. Sometimes you get a big win. It's very, it's human nature to just let your guard down and maybe want to soak up or enjoy it. And you kind of, 
don't have that luxury when you got another important game. And St. Mary's obviously a quality team. They're a team that we know well through the years. And so we had to, we kind of had to just fill the tank back up and get ready to perform again. Probably knowing with all the activities on campus, it would be a little less of a crowd. A lot of the students are engaged in all the different things going on. So we were going to have to bring our own energy and, you know, we still had a really good crowd and I thought our guys put together a really good performance. I was really proud how Friday's practice, Saturday morning shoot around, they were focused and, um, you know, top to bottom, just eager to kind of go out and show that we're a capable team and Thursday night wasn't a fluke that we're going to continue to put good performances on the floor. Russ and McKenzie combined for 43 points and Mac had a double-double, but Najib Muhammad added 13 points and shot three for five from beyond the arc. We've talked about him over the past couple of weeks, but how has he improved in his offensive contribution over those past couple of weeks? Just being aggressive, um, maybe getting things focused the way he needs to. Um, we got back from the New Mexico trip, and he had made one basket and you know two games. And that we're not going to be successful if that's what we're getting from a point guard playing 35 to 40 minutes some nights. Uh, you know, he's a really good defender. He's a great ball handler, great decision maker, incredibly unselfish teammate. But sometimes you gotta you gotta be more aggressive. You've got to look for your game. I mean, he's always working. And I just uh, challenged him like, we need you to be better. And bottom line, it's what it is. You've got to be better if our team's going to reach our full potential. And uh, just the humility, the desire that he showed to 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 be better was very evident. The stat line proves it out. I know Thursday night he was big as well. His defense was excellent. Um, you know, there's certain things he's just going to give you every night, um, but we needed the offense, and I think it starts with his mentality to be more aggressive. And, you know, he didn't stop working. He continued to show up early, get in the gym, come late. Um, those things are so important because they're just building your confidence. Sometimes when you you don't play up to your standard, you know, it, it can affect you mentally. So – to just continue to put in the work and, you know, no guarantee that it's going to pay off. But, uh, you know, that's what it takes. That's kind of the, the, the beauty of athletics. You know, you, you're no, you're not guaranteed of a great performance just because you work hard. Um, you still have to, to go out there and have the mentality to fight through when things aren't going great and still figure out a way to get it done. And, and I was just glad to see him perform well and, uh, now it's, you know, the next stage of that is is do it again this week. This week is rivalry week in the Lone Star Conference. LCU basketball will play West Texas A&M twice in a home away series this weekend. The first game will be, will be played Thursday in Canyon. Then the second game will be played Saturday at the Rip Griffin Center here in Lubbock, Texas. You have coached in 14 matchups against WT since you took over the program does this rivalry mean anything extraordinary to you or is this just another basketball game on the schedule well I mean you want to just say it's another basketball game because that's truly what it is it's it's just as important in the standings I mean in the last 10 years WT has been the standard in this region at least you know yeah close to 10 years I may be off a year or two um, and then once we join the Lone Star you know we're going to be seeing them twice a year and it's a good way to measure yourself against you know a top ranked team and uh we've been fortunate that uh you know we've had some success against them they've obviously had tremendous success in the league in the tournament and even in the postseason 
and this year will be no different. They're well coached. Um, they have talented players, and uh, you know it takes your very best if you're going to beat them. WT is led by ninth-year head coach Tom Brown, who has had a spectacular tenure at in Canyon. For the listener who is not as familiar with the Lone Star Conference, what does your typical Tom Brown-led West Texas A&M team look like, and how does this year's starting five for the Buffaloes fit into his philosophy? Well, they're they're um, they're very skilled. They play tremendously hard on defense. They pressure. Um, they make it difficult to run your stuff, and they play with extreme confidence. They make tough shots. They have answers. Um, you truly have to beat them. They're not a team that beats themselves. They lead the country in free throw attempts and free throw makes. So obviously that shows that they're aggressive. So you got to play without fouling. Um, and they just they're somewhat positionless. Um, they have really talented guards that can create their own shot, hit tough shots, and then they have they have guys that accept their roles and make timely shots, but also you know move the ball, play good defense. Um, that's kind of been just the way they've played, you know, through the years. Um, they're somewhat simple in terms of their approach. Um, they run some good stuff, but really they just get you in space and and make it hard to guard. So uh, yeah, they're they're really um, they're not complicated in what they're going to do to beat you, but um, it's not. I always say they're easy to scout, but they're hard to guard. You know, it's really tough to um, contain those guys. You give them any glimmer of, of space, and they're going to knock down open shots. And uh, they're really tough at home. I think they've only lost maybe five games in the last however many years. So, uh, yeah, great challenge for us, and I'm excited about it. Your goal as a coach and a team is to be playing meaningful basketball, you know, in late February, early March. So um, this is where we're at, and uh, good opportunity for us. One of the things that I noticed just by looking at some of their box scores from different games in conference is Coach Brown likes to play a lot of guys. He played, I believe, every one of his guys on Thursday against St. Mary's and then 11 guys against St. Mary's. And it, it kind of reminds me, it's kind of Bob Huggins-esque with how many guys he plays. Uh, what is his philosophy behind all those, in, in, behind playing all of those players uh, and how do you counter that as a coach? Yeah, I'm not sure what what his specific reason is. Sometimes they just have big leads and guys get in because they've you know they're they're up a lot and it's you know time to empty the bench. Um, the other side of it, he yeah, you're right. He's not afraid to play guys and those guys when they get in um, play with tremendous confidence and they can shoot it well. So um, you know guys at this level wouldn't be on the roster if they couldn't play. So. I think, you know, the way they play their pace, maybe um, they're just looking to get more depth. It's a it's a game that they generate a lot of extra possessions with forcing turnovers, um, getting to the foul line, uh, or offensive rebounding, things of that nature. So um, specifically, it's hard to know exactly, you know, the rationale, but I just think uh, he's willing to go to guys and see what they're going to give him on a certain night. And uh, you just kind of have to be prepared for whoever they put in the game. We we obviously know they're they're kind of their main four guys, and then you know everybody from there. You just can't let the role players have huge impacts on the game. Talking about one of those major four players for WT, Julius Brown, sixteen point nine points per game leads this WT team, forty seven percent shooting from the field. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on him and his playmaking ability? Well, he's just a tough competitor. He's 
He just seems hard. You know, he just seems, he's a really good basketball player. I mean, it's what I've noticed. He just has an answer. He makes huge shots. You can tell he's tough-minded. He handles the ball for him. He gets them in their stuff. He he just has a knack for making big plays when big plays are needed. You know, he's – I can't recall if he was preseason player of the year or not, but him, Larry Wise, I mean, they've added some other guys, you know, Tucson and uh, Thornton are really good. I mean, their whole team is good. But I just think, uh, you know, we got – just like you said, our guys got to answer too. You know, our top – Guys have to have big games. Rowan, Russ, Najib, Kurt, Aaron. Some bench guys have to step up, and and uh, that's what will make it a good game. If we just allow their best players to dominate the game and we don't have answers, then, you know, it's going to be a long night. If we if we do the things that we can do, then then we can go down there and, and have a good chance to win as well. So it's just about performing when the when the ball's tossed up and, and being ready to compete. And, uh, yeah, I mean – you know, the the best are the best for a reason. They have really good players. So we have to uh, have our guys answer the bell as well and uh, just give them a good plan and a good chance and, and go compete and and uh, and play with confidence and play extremely hard, give great effort, have that mentality that we talked about last week, continue that. And uh, it's, it's like a postseason game. I mean, they're obviously a team who's leading our league and going to be in the NCAA tournament. We're right there fighting for that. So – you know, playing these games and a chance to win these games are huge for our team. One player that you just mentioned is a, <clears throat> excuse me, Zach Tissant. And he's a very interesting case to me because he hasn't started a game since December. But you hear the coaches say in press conferences how they utilize him as a sixth man off the bench. How do, how do you counter a player who has uh, just that much playmaking ability but he's used as a six-man off the bench. Well, you just have to be ready when he comes into game to know what he's going to bring uh, to the f- court. He's a really, you know, he's an outstanding shooter. He has a tremendous range. He moves with great purpose and pace. Um, and meanwhile, you, they got other guys that are attacking. So you help too much. He's lining up a shot. You don't help enough. One of their guys is getting to the basket, drawing fouls, or finding somebody else on the perimeter. So, you know. Guys who can really shoot and have a high motor, they make it hard on the defense. So we just have to account for him, know where he is, and uh, just make his attempts as tough as possible and know that uh, you know there's not too many spots on the floor he's not capable of hitting it from. What is this week in preparation for the first game against WT going to look like? Well, I just think we got to make sure that we clean up some stuff that we did this weekend that we've got to get better at. I think – the first few days is just talking about us and how we can get better. And then as we get closer to Thursday, we'll turn our attention to them and, you know, some specific things that are, um, you know, we're going to see on video or watching them play. It's a team because of our travel partner situation that we, we watch a lot. You know, usually when we watch them, we're, we're focusing on the team that they're playing because that's our next opponent. Um, but obviously we're familiar with them just being down the road and, and uh, the commonality of their coaches and players the last few years. So um, I don't know that there's too many secrets. It's just about um, being healthy, being in the right mindset, and uh, coming out ready to perform. With what is perceived as a big weekend to fans and media alike, you have the same opponent back-to-back, same opponent in three days essentially. How do you get your team to lock in and block, block out the outside noise? 
Well, I think some of that noise is not necessarily terrible because it, it reminds the guys how important these games are, something that the coaches are always doing. Um, and I just think, uh, you know, that's what you should want to, as a competitor, to go compete against the best. And so be, circumstances have created this scenario where one of the best teams in our league and in our region is just down the road from us, and it's our travel partner, and the schedule is set up that – you know, we're going to see them back-to-back like this. So um, just look at it as a great opportunity. And don't make it bigger than it is, but don't diminish it. Don't – just know it's it's a basketball game and it's on our schedule. Therefore, it's important whenever we're playing them or anyone else in Division Two, because of the region, because our league is so tough, um, you can't necessarily have certain games circled as being more important than the others. And – uh you know, it's important because it's this week and it's next on our schedule. And, uh, the you know, it obviously has some effect on the region just because of how good they are and where we sit. Um, but I think when you're out there playing and competing, it's about your best effort, being locked in on the job at hand, and, and all that other stuff kind of goes away. Coach, is there anything else you'd like to add as we conclude today's program? Obviously, you gave thanks to the students for – showing up on Thursday, but is there anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, I just hope that maybe this Saturday um, we can have a great crowd, our last home game, be senior day for Russ and one of our student assistants, Samiro Zabados, who's been with us and does a great job helping our program out. So just to honor those guys, support our team, obviously see the Lady Shaps play before. So um, it'll be a good weekend in the RIP and a good week for the Shaps and looking forward to it. Coach, thank you for joining us today and good luck this weekend. Yep, thanks, Brennan. That'll do it for us. Tune in Thursday and Saturday for coverage of the rivalry on the range. Thursday, we will be live from Canyon starting at 5 p.m. with Nathan Carcino and myself on the call for those games at West Texas A&M. Saturday, we will have Landry McCready and Landon Parrish on the call starting at 1 p.m. for the regular season finale. You can find those games on 99.1 FM or shapradio.com. You can catch the show again next week at the same time and, of course, You can always catch the show on demand on the LCU podcast. This has been the LCU Coaches Show on 99.1 Shap Radio and the LCU podcast. God bless and good night from Lubbock. Thanks for listening to LCU's podcast. For more content like this, go to lcu.edu.